crap. What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Not every relationship lasts forever. What? Turns out that Happily Ever After was kind of a fraudulent bill of goods we were sold as kids watching Disney movies. Relationships end, or sometimes transition, into subtly or entirely different forms. Tonight on the Wet Coast, Flick and I, Kat Stark, are discussing impermanence, breakups, and relationship transitions. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash onthewetcoast. You can tweet along with us, hashtag onthewetcoast. You can follow us on Twitter, at wetcoastcat, that's cat with a K, at seriousflick, at onthewetcoast. Read blogs, reviews, and more, www.onthewetcoast.com. You can email us comments or questions at contact at onthewetcoast.com. If you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. It makes a huge difference for us. Thanks! So, what the hell is impermanence anyway? Well, I think Webster's defines it as a fancy term for nothing lasts forever. <laughs> um, I get a feeling that that was maybe not the exact definition on Webster's. No, it might have been the Oxford English. Um, <laughs> so in, uh, in Buddhist doctrine, um, impermanence is, uh, I guess, one of the pillars of Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it when you start to define a term with in Buddhist doctrine. <laughs> um but it's it's been adopted into discussions of non-monogamy and especially polyamory to talk about the changing nature of relationships. Mm-hmm. So impermanence, it's not permanent. It's going to change. So why are we talking about it? Well, it's it comes up a lot in non-monogamous relationships because it's a way to embrace what is happening now, uh, enjoying you know the now for what it is and knowing that it maybe won't always be this way. Uh, A lot of relationships work for us right in this moment, but that's not always going to be the case. And, you know, acknowledging impermanence is, um, you know, the need to acknowledge and and be somewhat prepared for when things do change. Well, and, you know, uh, nothing lasts forever. Uh, Every story's got the same ending. And (laughs) um, Dan Savage often talks a lot about how, you know, a successful relationship is generally defined as one that ends in death. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if, if uh, one of you goes out in a bag, like you won, <laughs> you like that relationship, you won at relationships. Um, and I guess your prize is um, never developing the skill to have relationships with anybody else in your entire life. <laughs> um, so yeah, impermanence is also a little bit about how, Relationships that end aren't necessarily a failure. Well, um, and and also the idea that um, that a change isn't necessarily an ending. Yeah, yeah, true. So yeah, that's you know it does suck <laughs> and can be a real source of stress when when you think about it. And I do sometimes find myself getting a little caught up about thinking about when my relationships are going to end. And, you know, the whole 
kind of uh, existential angst of that um, can sometimes feel a little little frightening. But, uh, you know, it's also sometimes a little bit freeing. Well, it, it can be stressful on both sides of it, right? Yeah. When you when you sense that there's a disparity uh, between how you and your partner are viewing your relationship where, you know, you, you I guess you're doing sort of the your partner's doing the non-monogamy equivalent of um, picking out silverware and um, and you're really just kind of happy the way things are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they often talk about the relationship escalator. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like if one of you is um, if one of you is committed to growth and change in a way that and the other one is is quite content with stasis, then um, it's probably going to be unsustainable. Yeah. So in a typical, like, hetero-monogamous kind of relationship, when you're no longer in love or you're not happy with the relationship for, you know, one of many optional reasons, you often break up and you often don't actually stay friends. Um, Sometimes years later, you're able to pick up that friendship again, but it's pretty rare that you can just quickly segue into a friendship kind of relationship that doesn't feel pretty fraught on one side or the other. Well, I think, I think one of the reasons for that is, is kind of the amount of emotional leverage it takes to break up a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. and, and why often even just the, you know, uh, having a crush or an attraction is enough to feel like you need to end your relationship. You're like, well, if I really love my partner, yeah. I wouldn't be experiencing feelings like this. And yeah. so often you, you kind of need to get to the place where you hate your partner to, to actually break up. And, and even if it starts out, uh, you know, somewhat amicable, often there's at least a phase where there's some, there's some, you know, uh, animosity often really actively thwarting each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking back because I, you know, I did have an ex-boyfriend come to our wedding. Um, and so we were, we were still friendly enough for that to be the case. But I think that was the last time I ever saw or talked to him. Yeah. And, you know, we just didn't maintain a friendship over the years. And, I think we were maybe friends on Facebook for a little while, like 15 years later, but then, you know, he seemed to vanish off that. Um, so I was never really sure if he was off Facebook or he just blocked me. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was kind of that. So, you know, although there are definitely people who do remain friends with exes, and and in fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were at a play party with a couple and her ex-husband was there with his partner and it's it's pretty wild to be <laughs> at play parties with your ex-husband. Um, but yeah, like, you know, sometimes you are able to to nail that landing. But a lot of the time, that's just not the way it works in monogamous relationships, especially hetero monogamous relationships. Right. And Dan Savage often talks a lot about how um, with with queer communities, because of the sort of the smaller... Uh, pool, uh, it's kind of practical that you'll want to stay friends with your exes. And in fact, um, you know, often people will mistake, you know, maybe this, this happens in non-monogamy as well. People will stay, mistake that kind of, uh, you know, friendship, eagerness and bond for sexual attraction. Yeah. Right. And so when, you know, when that wears off, 
um, hopefully you can you can transition in a way that you can actually get what you really wanted out of the relationship yeah. when the when the sexual component wasn't actually working for you. Mm-hmm. And we we have so many lesbian friends, and I always sort of expect there to be tension between the various people and their various exes. And there just really doesn't seem to be. It doesn't mean there's not any under the surface or there was never any tension or any any angst there, but it it really appears on the surface that everyone is just really good at breaking up and, and transitioning and moving on. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder than for for, you know, hetero vanilla folks to just, you know, isolate yeah. that person from your you know from your circle and like you know and and kind of divvy up friends like yeah. a deck of cards yeah so in in non-monogamous circles that does happen a lot because it's often like a small community you're often very interlaced um and that is sometimes a really good thing and sometimes <laughs> um really not so great a thing when you're trying to find someone to talk to about your relationship problems and Everyone that you know is, is fucking the person that you're having relationship <laughs> problems with. Yes. Or fucking the person that they're fucking that you're having the pro- like just yeah. Yeah, the re- um, it's basically uh either zero or 1 degrees of separation yeah. from from your from your partners. So. Yeah. So it it can be it can be really complicated. It could also be great because you all understand each other, mm. but well um, and and there's one of the great things about that is is kind of having that person uh, see both sides to some extent. Yeah. So having compassion for your partner so they're not just going to like, you know, pile on with yeah. you in skewering them. and They might actually have some, you know, really useful and moderated advice. Yeah. So uh, why would you want to stay friends? Well, you know, like we said, it's a small community. Yeah. And, uh, you know, additionally... Um, you never know what, what might happen down the road. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the other reasons, uh, it can work better in non-monogamy is because of the more diffuse intensity for the relationship, because mm. you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You aren't expecting this person to be everything. Yeah. And so when they kind of transition to being, being, uh, you know, uh, less of your lover, then it's. Uh, it's kind of less of a blow to your life, to, you know, to uh, to your sort of established routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that depends a lot on uh, the relationship style you have in non-monogamy, because it may be like we typically haven't done that sort of immersive NRE, like you spend like three days, you know, a week with the person and just like dive right in. You know, we've had a much more limited um, sort of connectivity with people. Yeah, it's um, true. The entanglement entanglement levels have been lower, and you know we we've never cohabitated with other partners. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, the, we we certainly haven't experienced the the level that that probably a lot of listeners have of you know just having a much more entangled life with with uh, with multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you know there can be very different ways to it, but. But as you said, like often it's maybe, you know, they weren't your everything. Yeah. And so, you know, ending a, a 20 year marriage where you were everything to one another and you were best friends. And boy, I could certainly talk for ages about the whole best friends trope with uh, <laughs> with partnerships, but I won't do that tonight. Um, but gross. Um, and it 
yeah, like it. Ugh, I totally lost my train of thought because I hate that best friends trope so much. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so like they're not always going to be your everything. So when that relationship transitions, you often have other people to fall back on and not in a sort of manipulative way, but you know, you have other people that you're, that you're yeah, not, really not, not in like a, you know, person on standby as a spare. I mean, yeah. I, I understand you mean you're talking about having that support system yeah. and, um, you know, and, and, you know, uh, uh, losing, losing one partner when, when you have another partner is it, it's, it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks, but um, it's a different kind of suckage. Yeah. And often relationships end not because there's some sort of like explosive, you know, just like terrible problem, but they've just run their course or the people, you know, involved have a change in life uh, life circumstances, maybe like someone's moving or um, they've changed jobs, they're going to grad school, like whatever kind of reason. um, And they're just like the relationship, it just isn't going to work anymore. So yeah, it's not always just like a kaboom kind of situation. And in that kind of situation is often easier to stay friends. It is, you know, and, and, you know, going back to what I, what I talked about earlier, where sometimes there's just a disparity in expectations, you know, uh, and sometimes, sometimes what you want changes, you know, maybe you want more, maybe you want less. And, and so that's, that's really more of what, um, you know, what making, making a change in the relationship is. It's not about something that went wrong. Yeah. Um, I think we actually, you and I, you and I have both experienced, uh, dating someone who was not normally non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. And then when they started dating someone who was monogamous, that was, that was the end of the relationship. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the big risks for dating someone who is, you know, new and perhaps curious and interested in this idea of non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not really what they're in it for. Yeah. And occasionally people are non-monogamous, but they meet someone and they fall so head over heels and they just like want to close things up for a while, six months, a year, because they're just like in that that super lovey-dovey state. And and they just don't want anyone in that first while, um, even well, and, though perhaps, you know, in six months, a year, they're going to open things up again. But for a time, they are monogamous. Sometimes that happens informally, too, right? Yeah. Like, like friends of ours have, uh, you know, when they when they started a relationship, you know, just ended up yeah. being exclusive not, you know, not out of actually actively making a decision, but, yeah. but that's just how it happened. And, um, you know, I think depending on your, what other relationships you have, you know, you might actually end up accidentally, you know, ghosting or just, you know, uh, fading away on some of your other relationships or, or connections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sucks to be broken up with or transitioned, um, you know, in those situations, you know, like I, I was hurt when the people who, who did that to me, you know, did that. And, and not because I thought that they were in the wrong in any way, but I really liked having sex with them (laughs) (laughs) and I really liked spending time with them. And the fact that, you know, that wasn't available to me anymore after having built something together, like it really sucked. So, you know, just 
even though intellectually, you know, you understand it, it doesn't mean there's not going to be emotions involved, hurt feelings and all that kind of thing. Well, there's, see, there's a thing that happens where, you know, even if you're in a relationship that you could, you're, you're kind of indifferent about, uh, if that person is, decides that they're done with that relationship before you're done with that relationship, it feels like a rejection. Yeah. You know, even, even if you are, even if you are actually on exactly the same page, but just hadn't, you know, had the, the impetus to, to actually make that transition, um, yeah, it, it can feel like a, it can feel like a rejection. And Mm -hmm. so you can end up with a lot of emotions over a relationship that you could actually just take or leave. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've entered into an arrangement like a triad or a quad and not everyone in that group, like it's not working for everybody the same way. And some of the members want to stay romantically involved and others want to end that part of the relationship. And that is another time that you can, um, end up switching things up and and really need to maintain a relationship of some kind because of the um, sort of switching from paramour to metamor kind of kind of situation. Well, yeah. And, you know, it, you may actually end up in a position where you feel uh, some pressure, either, you know, uh, either internally generated or from your partner to uh, to also transition your relationship to, you know, to break up with, uh, with mm-hmm. someone because your partner is no longer dating them. Some, you know, some people, you know, it's a relationship requirement. If you are dating me, you have to be dating my partner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my feeling about that is that everybody should be able to have the relationships that they want. Absolutely. And that, you know, your, that your partner shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be dictating who you're having a relationship with and also, you know, um, should, should be maybe doing their best to be supportive of it as supportive of it as, as they can, mm-hmm. especially through, you know, uh, even through a breakup. Yeah. And, you know, we, we really experienced this and I've written about it. Um, so I'm sort of not talking behind anyone's back or anything, but, you know, we had a situation really crop up like this where, where three of us were very involved and and it just wasn't entirely working um the same way and we really needed to to change things up for a couple of us and it was awkward and and feelings were hurt and it certainly wasn't perfect but you know we've been able to get through to the other side of that and end up with fairly solid supportive caring relationships um with everyone involved through, you know, what could have been a really awkward kind of thing. Well, and, you know, and as, um, as one of the, one of the parties sort of, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't know how to phrase this, but, you know, that, that still wanted to maintain that strong bond. Um, you know, there was also a real mourning for me mm-hmm. in, in feeling the loss of that, um, you know, of that shared intimacy and that shared, uh, you know, connection and, um, you know, and, and feel, you know, real, a real sense of loss for, um, you know, for the, for the changes that, that took place. But, you know, it's, you know, you, you need to have your relationships the way that you have them. And, um, you know, so, you know, just, just like with any relationship, sometimes, you know, um, the other people are not going to share the same vision that I have. Yeah. 
And it was a very classic case of being new and enthusiastic and not knowing. And none of the three of us had really done that situation before. So none of us really knew what we were in for. And it's like, I totally want this thing. Turns out this isn't totally what I wanted. (laughs) And, you know, you have to be willing to take risks and potentially buck up, um, you know, not intentionally, deliberately kind of things, but like, you know, trying stuff. And, and sometimes you're going to find that it, it just doesn't work for you yeah. and, and learning from that and, and trying to make better choices as you move on um, is really all you can do. And, and there was definitely a lot of guilt, you know, you, you spoke of the, the sorrow and the loss, there was a lot of guilt on my side for creating that sorrow and loss. Um, so yeah, it, it's often really tricky. And, you know, everyone's trying to, to figure it all out. And yeah, you just uh, start to get into cliche land, but um, everyone does their best they can at the end of the day. Something, um, something, something journey. <laughs> Gave 110%. No, wait. Um, yeah, like it can be really fucking hard. And there can be a lot of tears and a, and a lot of hurt feelings. But, you know, you can, like it is possible to to work through it. And, you know, we know because we actually have. Well, and, you know, one of the, uh, as hard as it is going through you know, actually bursting people's bubble, you know, mm-hmm. saying, you know, okay, this is, this is not working for me anymore. The cost to yourself of trying to fit into that is so very high. Yeah. Like just the, the amount of, the amount of stress and, you know, of, of just, you know, um, trying to be what other people are expecting you to be. Yeah. And it, it's really easy to get caught up in that because, you know, the, like you want, the people that you care about to be happy and you want to try to do these things. And when it's not working out, it's really difficult to, to admit that and to pull back. So, uh, but yeah, there is a, there's a huge cost to, to not doing it or going through the motions for other people's sakes. So we're just going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more on the wet coast. Hey everyone, Flick here, and I wanted to tell you about an amazing vacation we've had the last few years at Desire Resort and Spa Riviera Maya in Cancun, Mexico. We spent an outstanding week with an exciting group of sexy geeks when we joined Life on the Swing set in paradise. It's no exaggeration to say that it changed our lives. This year, Swing Set takes over the resort for the second time, from November 4th to 11th, bringing even more freedom and fun, running our own inclusive theme nights, packing in even more geeky, sexy, welcoming shenanigans into our seven days. And this year, the awesome Tristan Terramino will be joining us on the trip, hosting workshops and adding her own special kind of awesome to the adventure. Kat and I met amazing new friends and partners over the last two years, and we can't wait to see what this year has in store. With fewer than 30 rooms left, now's the time to book to get in on the fun. Go to lifeontheswingset.com and follow the Desire Takeover 2017 link to contact Char Travel. A small refundable deposit secures your place in paradise. Meet us in the hot tub and we can discuss Batman villains in a very special game of Fuck, Mary Kill. Fuck Ivy, Mary Catwoman, kill the Riddler, obviously. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to On the Wet Coast. 
So you often hear the term transition instead of breakup in non-monogamy and especially in polyamorous circles. And uh, it's sometimes seen as maybe a nicer or maybe even like cloying way of, <laughs> of saying breaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the reality is that because you you often do remain in each other's lives um, and, you know, maybe even continue to have an important relationship, maybe even some form of a sexual relationship, um, you know, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a temporary transition. Maybe it, maybe it transitions back. So it's not, it's not just uh, a euphemism but it actually is a, a kind of a, a, a different entity of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's very much thinking about like, you know, how can we, how can we change things and work together to stay connected versus like, okay, we just need to detangle right. and remove ourselves from one another. Yeah. You know, and despite that, it's generally n- I've never heard it used in reference to um, becoming more connected or more entangled or more committed. Mm. So even though, you know, even yeah. though it has a neutral phrasing, yeah. it is generally um, a cooling off of some kind. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't mean feelings won't be hurt. No. And, you know, um, and generally what it means is... Uh, you know, if it's, I feel like if it's done effectively, it's really about trying to meet everybody's needs as best you can. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's often about, um, people expressing what they need and what they really want out of the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's generally going to fall back to the person who wants the least, unless that's a deal breaker, right? Like yeah. if, you know, if, uh, you know, if going back to, um, you know, to, to not seeing each other every week is, you know, is just not enough of a relationship for you, then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it means we, we don't really have that kind of a relationship anymore. Maybe we're just going to talk on Facebook and be friends. Maybe we're just going to see each other at, at play parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, as it, it, it's, gen- you know, it's generally going to be uh, backing off in some way. Yeah. You know, which is kind of weird to think about when, you know, relationships should be a la carte. You should be, you know, kind of picking the elements of relationship that you want. But, you know, sometimes the one that you have is is too much. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different situations that can come up with this. Uh, sometimes it's the sexual ca- uh, sexual connection isn't working anymore. Or it just never really got past the awkward, like, are we have, you know, are we a good match? Like when you're you're first getting sexually involved with someone, you know, it's often pretty awkward. There's a lot of fumbling uh, as you're trying to figure each other out. And it's very rarely the the movie scenario where you just like fall into one another's arms and and know exactly what each other wants. And and it's just smooth and beautiful and sexy. There's (laughs) there's a lot of figuring out like how do I do the things for you? And how, you know, this is how you do the things for me. And those first few times are often like a little bit stumbly. And sometimes, you know, 
the twelfth time is still a little bit stumbly, <laughs> and that might be a time that you decide, you know, like this actually isn't um, working for me with the sexual phase, and and the compatibility just isn't there. And if that is for you a really important piece of your intimate connection, you're going to need that sexual compatibility, and it might be a you know a time to transition um, to a friendship kind of situation with that person if if the sex isn't there for you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and alternatively, you know, some people may need more than sex Mm -hmm. to continue a relationship indefinitely, you know, and, um, and maybe you're relatively indifferent to, um, to the frequency or, or quality of the sex, as long as you have, you know, um, someone that you, uh, feel the support and the bond with. Um, and so you might have great sex, but just feel like, you know, you can, you can get that anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, have crazy good sex, but can't actually have a conversation before or after, or you learn they're a shitty person. Yeah. Casually racist. Yes. Um, we're not laughing at casual racism, well, making reference to the, <laughs> I just had sex song. Um, but like there, yeah, there are times that, you know, you, you have this great chemistry and this great sexual bond, but there's just other things about it that, you know, you just do not click. And it might be that you decide to keep the sexual connection, um, and see them at play parties and fuck each other silly, but just not try to talk to one another. Um, or there's other times that you just decide that, you know, you're not really meant to have that kind of connection. You know, another thing is, um, is incompatible scheduling. You know, the extreme example of that might be someone ends up leaving town, Mm -hmm. um, and you end up in a long distance relationship that you, you don't really feel like you can sustain. Um, but you know, I think you and I have both dated people yeah. where it turns out we can't ever actually meet. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, eventually you realize that months have gone by and you've never successfully made a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending what you're looking for, you know, like I, I do have a couple play partners that we maybe see each other three times a year because our schedules just don't match up any more than that. And, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Um, but we have good sex when we do get together and we like talking to each other and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so those relationships have continued, but it can be really frustrating when you just can't seem to make those schedules match. And I've, I have definitely, um, yeah, both of us have, have experienced times when after the, you know, 10th time that you've been trying to schedule a date that just never seems to materialize, you just you kind of stop asking to meet. Yeah. And it just kind of fades away. Well, yeah. And, um, and I've, I've actually experienced uh, a situation where, you know, I thought it was just kind of simultaneously fading away right like Mm -hmm. just because of scheduling issues and then eventually it's like oh i guess you know we've we actually stopped getting together and it turned out that the other person perceived that as being dumb yeah 
but I never saw it that way. I, you know, I felt like the, I felt like the scheduling issues and the kind of uh, waning in communication was coming from both sides. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but her perception of it was completely different. And, um, you know, and then in, um, I, I also think of, an, of another situation where, you know, a partner was, a partner was, you know, really, um, you know, really eager and, you know, and, and certainly I felt this, I had the feeling that she was, she was a lot more eager and invested than I was. Um, but, um, I didn't really perceive it as a problem, you know, but I, I didn't actually see how, um, you know, my, I was actually responding to her, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, increasing intensity by kind of cooling. Mm. Right. And, you know, and I, you know, I just thought that I was being the same as always. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, and it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until she, you know, she said, she finally said, you know, I, th- I think we probably want different things now, you yeah. know? And, and I said, you know, I just, I thought that we would, pick it back up again. I thought that I would, you know, I would, I would feel, uh, you know, I'd feel, uh, I'd feel differently about it, but, you know, I think, I think, you know, uh, realistically thing, things have shifted and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and this, this is something else I'd, I want to, you know, talk about and kind of, um, switch over into is, um, you know, later on we, you know, we met and we talked about it some more and she actually, she, she was like super, um, super apologetic for breaking up in a text. Mm. And um, I, I honestly think that text is a fantastic way to deal with these things. If you don't, you know, if you don't see somebody routinely, if you don't see them, you know, uh, a few times a week and yeah. you have a natural time to, to actually sit down and have a conversation about what you want out of the relationship, I feel like text is a great way to do it because number one, um, you don't have the thing where you're you planning to break up with somebody and they're still sending you dirty pictures and sexy messages and making plans and talking about the future. Yeah. Um, number two, you um, you don't have you don't have to make a make a date with them to break up to break up knowing that you're going to break up and them not knowing and them thinking they're having a date and thinking they're having a date. Yeah. yeah. And so, and unless you do the, can we get together Thursday? We need to talk, which they know you're breaking up with them. Yeah. If, you, if so, you do that, they're going to say, what is it? Yeah. You know, and you're, or gonna, they're not, Yeah, you know, depending on the person often they won't, I probably wouldn't. I would just take it on and be like, that person is totally dumping me. And, you know, <laughs> no, I, you could go to pieces for days. You yeah. Know, for and happen. I have totally had texts from someone saying, you know, can we chat? And, and I'm like, he's breaking up with me. And he wanted to drop the oral barriers we were using, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> anytime anyone wants to have a chat, you assume the worst. So yeah, like either of those situations where you've, you know, either like scheduled a date that they're like, yay, we get together and I love them so much. Um, and you're about to dump them or, or the, you know, we need to talk and they're just in this spiral for a few days yeah. getting ready for this breakup. Yeah. So I, you know, I tried to let her off the hook and, you know, and, and things have been, been really actually really nice between us since, yeah. since, since then. And, you know, and, and, um, you know, we're, 
we haven't talked about making plans, but we've, you know, we just sort of talked vaguely about, you know, um, being at the same, uh, same places and the possibility of playing together, you know, at some point, but it, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely transition. It's not, there's, there's not the kind of, you know, um, expectation. There's no sort of defaults anymore. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the other sort of fadeaways that's really common is sort of early in a relationship when you just don't get it off the ground yeah. when you you know you you make plans and it you know it just doesn't happen and or you you might even have a date or two and it goes really well and you're really eager but you know shit just gets in the way i feel like there's in the early days you really have to strike while the iron's hot you yeah. know you need to kind of um you know reinforce that uh, otherwise it's just never going to get any momentum. Yeah. And I kind of have a feeling that that might be happening with the newest, um, guy I'm seeing, you know, that we, we had a good meet and greet date. We had two like good sexy dates. Although the second one, I was just super exhausted and, and felt really comfortable enough to just say, like, I really don't have much in me. Like, can we just jerk off together? And he was like, cool. And so we did that and it was really sexy and it was really fun. Um, but then, you know, I was away and then doing a show and then like all this stuff. And then when I got to the other end of that, I messaged him and he wasn't available for a few weeks. So, you know, we we set a date like about five weeks after we last saw each other. And, you know, we have a, a specific date schedule to get together. But, you know, we haven't spoken by text other than to set this up. And I sort of like, I keep meaning to message him and, and say, like, is this good for you? Are you happy with this level of communication, all this kind of thing? But because we don't talk all the time, I don't think to message him mm-hmm. the way that I think to message the people every day that I talk to every day. Um, and so that just hasn't happened. And he doesn't message me. And so like, I'm sort of wondering, like, if if that's just going to happen, that, you know, it's just going to fade into nothing, because neither of us appears to be doing the work, even though we had like really good compatibility. Maybe there should be an app for that. Like maybe I should put it in my like reminders yeah. to like message people. Yeah, yeah. If only I could get my cyborg implant <laughs> so that while I'm at work and I'm at a quiet time in my day when I actually have time to think, but I can't get near a computer that I could like just download my cyborg, you know, thing into my phone. I really, I really need a link. Well, yeah, but then you're talking about every three years when the new cyborg implant comes out, you need to get new surgery and stuff. I, th- I think it's, I think that's too much work. I feel like they get to a point where there wouldn't be much. There'd just be like a chip you got to pop in, like a new SIM card. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our episode on <laughs> cyborg implants for managing your relationship. <laughs> It would really help. <laughs> like so many people I know, like work at a desk and they sit and they type and they like sext all day, you know, and I don't get to do that. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking about either. <laughs> Professor sexts. Hey, sometimes I work from home and send people dirty pictures. Yeah, like most days. <laughs> um, so all I'm asking for is cyborg implants. <laughs> I don't think it's all big, that big of an ass. 
So you can help boost our visibility by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcasting app. It means a lot to us and helps us get into the ear holes of more listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat. That's Cat with a K. At Serious Flick. At On the Wet Coast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the wet coast. You can email us, contact at on the wet coast.com. You can read Kat's blog at on the wet coast.com or life on the swing set.com under blog heading, you guessed it, on the wet coast. And you can hear a lot more of Kat by buying the audiobook of Cooper S. Beckett's novel, A Life Less Monogamous, available at a lifelessmonogamous.com. Enter code wet coast at checkout to save 10%. And on Audible.com. Check out other awesome sex positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm. Hi, I'm Dr. Liz from sexpositivepsych.com, and you're listening to a Swingset podcast at swingset.fm. And if you like what you're doing, please rate us and leave a review on if, i. If you like what we are doing, what did I say? If you like what you're doing. Oh, that works too. <laughs>